Hello and welcome to the Web Comics Podcast. I'm your host Joe Stone, and here I talk to comic creators about their work to try and get some insight into their creative process. This episode I was joined by Sam Williams, Paddy Johnston, and Rosie Hathaway, who, when combined, are the team behind small press micro-publisher Good Comics. This month they just launched a Kickstarter to help fund their upcoming slate of titles. So we talked about both the past and the future of Good Comics, the financial side of small press, and how they decide what to publish next. Almost all of this, apart from that bit where I'm going to cut it. So I should say things like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, risky. If, if we can get some bits of a splice into later on in the episode that make, make yeah. it sound like much funnier, it's even better. That yeah. is a very controversial opinion. <laughs> we need the clips. It's all about the tiny clips for social media. Precisely. Like, there's this one. I don't know if any of you guys saw the one earlier today that was doing the rounds on Twitter of that stupid left-wing podcast called Bad Faith in the US and right. they they had Noam Chomsky on and they put out a bunch of clips being like yeah we won the argument with Noam Chomsky and in the clips Noam Chomsky is handing them their whole ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great so we need those kind of clips is what well, I'm saying yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen right now. There's going to be some asses handed around between all four of us at some point. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But we'll see. So yeah, you, you guys, how's your, your year been so far? How's this year been treating you? It's been very weird. I guess it's been weird for everyone, but it has been been especially weird for us. I think we had a quiet-ish year last year, didn't we? And I we were kind of ramping up for the idea of having quite a busy year this year and we were going to do more shows than we had been doing and then yeah then it all just fell apart <laughs> yeah I, I had a baby last year so that kind of put me off the map a little bit and I didn't go to really any cons last year and Sam and Rosie kindly went to most of them and did them without me which was great and, so, and some of them had a picture a, a black and white picture <laughs> of me that made people think I was dead so <laughs> I appreciated that I think that was, that, I was planning to get back on the scene this year and then yeah we were doing we we're going to do lots of cons but we were being a bit selective as well because now having done it for a few years we thought well we we know the ones that we want to do or ones that we hadn't done before that kind of thing so we weren't just like doing as many as planning on doing as many as we could but yeah we did have a few lined up and then just had to cancel everything but that's the same as everyone right yeah absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think yeah it's obviously affected everyone all the kind of plans everyone had for the various events and conventions and all the kind of ramping up that i was doing personally with yeah. all this kind of when uh, I got no no particularly good sense of direction as to what to do, what to work on, and obviously just put it like a damper on everything. But yeah, hopefully trying to ramp up a little bit next year, maybe. I mean, and this actually brings me to a point I was I was planning on raising later, but I'll say it now. I, I was on the Good Comics podcast. Uh, you were yeah. like a yeah. year ago, I guess. Like, but maybe like yeah, a, a bit more than that. Cause it was like last summer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Lead up to the Hackney Comic and Zine Fair, which yeah. I organised. I think yeah. I was trying to shame you guys into starting a fair in Bournemouth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't actually get round. Well, that, yeah. But, yeah, you know, I thought I'd just take this opportunity since we're on a podcast together again t- to try and shame you into doing it next year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I w- I would love to do something like that. I think seeing well Hackney for a start was one of my favorite shows that we've probably ever done but definitely the best show that we did last year it was a ton of fun and is exactly the type of show that I enjoy doing um and and that kind of plays into what Paddy was just saying about us being slightly more selective is that like having done so uh, good comics is almost exactly five years old at this point and we've done plenty of shows and we've done the like slogging to god knows where and and staying in ibis budget hotel which is one of paddy and i's shared worst experiences <laughs> yeah that's burned onto my brain forever <laughs> what was it were um, we chilling like the tins of cider that we'd bought in the weird little sink that was, yeah. like, really close to the bed <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's very, it was a bounding experience. And the bone. shower was also, yeah, I could I could see you while you were showering. I wasn't looking, but it was hard not to because it was so close. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we, we've done a lot of shows, and and I think we kind of went a. We wanted to do shows that were interesting to us and not just doing like we weren't we weren't planning to do any of the big shows um and i think we'd kind of been put off from that to a certain extent because it's just 
doing what we do it's expensive like we don't we don't ever like expense off our travel or anything like that mm. we we go to a convention we go and do something like thought bubble and we spend three days in you know when we stayed in leeds for like three days that's that has to be like a, our holiday as well as as well as being a show and it yeah. it it's kind of a is a big commitment but i also would really love to do a show down here i think it's the sort of place that you could maybe convince people to come to the seaside for the day and buy some comics but yeah we'll see we'll see it's not that far from london like people could make a day of it especially if you do it in the summer yeah i mean we all saw the carnage on bournemouth beach and that was all people from london i'm just gonna say it (laughs) yeah sorry guys and none of them bought our comics either yeah we should have set up on we should yeah bournemouth pier Mm. Yeah, yeah. I do actually love the idea of a con on a pier. That would be great. There is actually a there is a hall that you can, or there used to be a hall that you could rent at the end of Bournemouth Pier. I don't know if you still can. It's a bar now. What uh, do you mean, the little? I don't know. I don't know if it's still there's still a space there. But yeah, there's a helter skelter on there. I mean, that, that's the perfect place to hold a comic fair. You can exactly. You know. To go to the top, get your comics, then go down to the bottom, get your change from somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's spend that on the vending machines or whatever, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, a long time. this is, yeah, this stuff fights itself. This, yeah. is, this is it. <laughs> is it even a comics fair if you don't at some point have to get into an itchy Hessian sack? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not in a sack, then I, I don't want to be there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well good so now it's officially on the record that it's definitely happening next year that's cool um, yeah so you mentioned that you've, you've been doing this for quite quite a while so can we, should we go back in time a little bit to the beginnings of good comics and how things kind of got started in the first place well paddy you're you're good at telling the story so well it was me and sam first and we were both just sort of independent creators doing our own thing i was doing a phd in comics or technically in english literature but about comics and also trying to draw and make comics as well and that was sort of related to my study but also something i wanted to do anyway and sam was out there putting putting some cool comics out there we'd each put out some solo like just i think one solo thing each and we just started talking on twitter i think that was it so i mean the the point of where where twitter is now it's such an an awful cesspit of Mm. fake news (laughs) and snark but at that time it was really really different and it was it really felt like that was the place where you could genuinely find your community and connect with people and if it wasn't for that then good comics would not exist so yeah, that was i was really really grateful for that and then we started emailing and talking about stuff and then actually the first time we actually met each other in person was when i came up to stay with sam when we were exhibiting at thought bubble yeah five years ago so we'd already agreed to sort of do the good comics thing and to put out the first everything we put out which was the dead singers anthology number one and that was where that was where it all started, really. But yeah, it was just that kind of personal connection, and also wanting to, you know, make a contribution to the comic scene that was bigger than what we could do on our own, and not just be and not just be about our own work either, but also like to kind of pool resources and stuff as well. I guess. Sorry, yeah. I, that's a, Sam. I haven't let you talk. You can you can tell no, your side of the story. That might be all false. No, <laughs> no. I was I was just going to say that um, that that was kind of a big part of it was like two people who were starting out and didn't really understand what the scene was or how to be a part of it and it was I had actually done Thought Bubble the year before on my own um, with my first comic and I I found it so daunting um in the interim Paddy and I got to know each other and I think it was more about having someone to to lean on and go okay well we are we are a collective of things and we are selling a bunch of stuff we literally had a half table that first year we were together and i think we only came up with a name because because we had a table and we were like well we can't just be like sam and paddy so that's why we. your name was on the plan if i recall oh yeah yeah i think it was i I think i booked the table and then we decided that we were going to do it but yeah we basically decided that we should have a name which is yeah it's a very good name. Mm, it, it is a good name. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, it describes what you make. Yeah. Very well. Rosie, Rosie was actually cursing me earlier today because she was like, you guys came up with the most annoying and non-Google analytics. <laughs> you like, can't Google it. SEO. Just, we just don't come up. What? Um, well, I think not Not all publishers come up when you just put in the name. Maybe you have to actually put publisher. Yeah. Like I'm oh, sure if you okay. put Penguin Random House and you're not a book person, it comes up with a penguin and then a random house. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
yeah, that makes me feel better. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so Rosie's been involved from kind of early on. Like we've, yeah, I think it was the next year that we were. At- yeah, so 2015 was when I really decided I wanted to work with them because I saw them perform karaoke. Mm, yeah. And I thought, you know yeah. what, this is where I need to be. This is actually like a thing that I've I've always managed to miss out on. I've I've never seen you guys do karaoke, and I've, I've heard it is. It's times. a shame. It's quite it's something I honestly miss so much. Potentially more than like the con itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit, yeah, sitting around behind a table with achy feet and drinking five quid coffees is fine, but karaoke is the one. Mm. Yeah. If I remember rightly, Paddy was singing Carly Rae Jepsen's "Call Me Maybe." Like, this is correct. Think, in 2015. And it was, yeah. it was banging. It was pitch perfect. It was, yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I can't really remember the moment when I joined. I know that I was working on Olivia Sullivan's Sid for a little while. Um, yeah, so, in the background, I had Photoshop on my work computer, so I was laying it out for you guys. So that was 2016, 2017. Uh, yeah, so that came out in 17, I think. So we yeah. published your book. That was uh, Cosmos. March Cosmos and other stories came out. Yeah. And then you were kind of working with us in the background for pretty much since then, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that was yeah. Pete briefly. Pete was, yeah. Pete was a member for what, about a year or so. And then he moved to Austria and has become some kind of mad scientist. I'm not sure what yeah. he's up to. I think he's still learning German. Right. Um, yeah, and he has sense. been for about. Four years. I think he bakes a lot of bread as well. He seems to have quite yes. a happy life. That's true. He's got yeah. a quite nice moustache now as well. Mm. I think he's living the dream. It sounds like he's having a wonderful time. I, I would <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. bet he's looking at us throwing a Kickstarter thinking, ha, fools. <laughs> 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 I know I would be if it wasn't. <laughs> But three people is a good number. It was it was fine when it was just the two of us, but having that extra extra person, to, that extra pair of eyes, and that extra resource and that extra bit of energy, I think, has made the most amazing difference to what we would have done if it was still just the two of us. I yeah, I think Rosie has brought a, a modicum of professionalism <laughs> to an otherwise shoddy, yeah, an otherwise shambolic <laughs> but very well meaning. <laughs> And the boring one, basically. <laughs> no, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Rosie knows how to do work and stuff. No, yeah, I, mean, I can do spreadsheets. Handy, it's a very handy thing that, like, definitely when you're like trying to organize various people, as I just found out with the whip anthologies, I have found out the last couple of years of just like just trying to keep keep track of who's doing what. A spreadsheet is the, the most useful yeah. thing in the entire world, and I've I've learned to really love them in terms of even when I'm when I'm like working on my own comics now I tend to try to keep a little spreadsheet of just like tabs of things that I need to do and to give myself a kind of loose timeline of when I could achieve those things by and it, yeah it's incredibly helpful to have some kind of some way to plan things out which when I first started making comics as well like I just was had no idea what I was doing was just making it up as I go along and now I'm <laughs> making it up as I go along but with spreadsheets <laughs> that's most of my day job to be fair making yeah. it up as I go along with a spreadsheet I think it was Claire Spiller that we worked with this year so we brought her book out annoyingly just as lockdown hit yeah. um, and it was all to do with the animals taking back over which was kind of slightly spooky because when lockdown happened all of the animals started taking back over <laughs> yeah. um, Na- basically she, nature is healing the book yeah but she uses a lot of Google spreadsheets and documents, and I think she is my kindred spirit. Yeah. Spreadsheets yeah. for life. I'm genuinely very sad we didn't get to sell that book at any conventions. I mean, we will do in the future, obviously, but I think it's something that really would have gone down well in that environment because it's a book yeah. you, you pick up and you're like, wow, this is this is beautiful, this is amazing. And you can tell that from looking at it digitally before you buy it, but there's nothing quite like actually picking it up and going, wow, look at this artwork. Yeah, yeah. Claire's work as well. She's just sent us her pages for the anthology that we're putting out as part of our Kickstarter. And they're amazing. And literally anytime she sends you anything, it's amazing. You go, oh, there's an email from Claire. Probably don't even need to really look at it because you know that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> This is just like the best kind of thing when you're putting someone's work out there when it arrives and you're like, yes. Mm. Yeah, 
And now moving into the future of good comics, what's what's the Kickstarter all about? We decided that we hate ourselves. <laughs> um. that's, uh, yeah, that's the main uh, the main thing is. So I wanted no, another I think... thing on my phone that I could obsessively check every minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I've I've had to delete so many apps from my phone today so that I stop causing myself to have stress dreams about kickstarters um but to answer your question seriously um we have been talking about the idea of a kickstarter on and off for a few years we always felt like it would be a good thing to to do and a good way for us to kind of level up as it were so it's been something on our radars but obviously with everything that's happened this year and 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 really the massive effect of not having shows which is is really how we carry on um our our model is not so much a business model in that we produce books and we sell them and we share the profits with our creators and any money that's left over goes into making the next book so without the ability to sell the books that we already have published we just weren't really in a position to to continue doing stuff and we had had at least one of the books that we're putting out was already lined up some of the other stuff was was kind of in the pipeline and because we were feeling positive about the future we had opened up submissions and were like encouraging people to to submit works to us so we could you know look at look at what we were going to put out in the future and this kind of felt like the the best and only way that we'd really be able to to put out books and once we decided that, that that was the way we were going to do it we decided that it would be best to go big or go home and and have a big target and make sure that the books that we're producing are the best quality they can be Ramsey's book is going to be a hardback which is the first hardback that we've ever put out and Ooh, um I'm so excited about that yeah like we're, we're really pumped to to say, okay, well, like, if we're going to put this book out, like, Ramsey's book has had a lot of time going to it. He's been working on it for, I think, four years. And it's an incredible book, and it deserves to have the best possible presentation. So I remember him telling me about it at some event at Gosh Comics years and years ago. and had a couple yeah. of beers and thinking, wow, that book sounds incredible. Yeah, so I think actually the first time we started talking with them about it was when we possibly the release party for the Times on New Year's Gay that we did at Gosh. That That's going back right. a couple of years. Um, but like, yeah, the, the reason for the Kickstarter is essentially we can't continue as an entity as as is. Like, without having shows, we don't really have have a an income, and and that is fine. And the nature of the way that we do this is that we could have. We could have maybe put a pen in it for a year and said, okay, well, we'll we'll come back in a year or so. And we've been doing it long enough and we know what we're doing that we would have been comfortable doing that. But I think we felt like it was a good opportunity to to really like commit to putting some really interesting work out. So there are four four main books. Someone else can talk though, because I I was doing that thing where I rambled and then I didn't know where to stop. So someone else can talk. Yeah. It's very cohesive rambling. So yeah, well. for once. I think as well, it was, it was, as you say, something that we'd thought about doing anyway, but we'd seen sort of other small publishers doing it and doing it quite successfully, maybe more in the US than here. So I always keep going on about the ones from Kilgore Books. They did one in 2017 and 2018 and just put out some amazing stuff. And it seemed like they would use that as a way to fund like a year's worth of publishing, which is amazing. And we've called it our 2021 new releases. I mean, that's not to say that those books will be the only thing we put out next year because I'm sure we'll get itchy feet more want to do other stuff because there's always so much amazing stuff out there that we want to get behind and get out there but it felt like that was something that we could do and that actually i think the whole covid situation gave us more of an impetus to have a go at them maybe we we would have had anyway even though it was something we were thinking of yeah absolutely i feel like i should say something because the other two have so yeah (laughs) i think um i think we've been talking about it for a while (laughs) um I think we we finally got to the point when we decided we if we're going to do it we have to do it now and planned out what what our strategy would be for it and we spoke to the people who we've published before for the reader to see if they'd be interested in doing something with us again and it was just continuing on that community spirit that we really love about the comics community everyone that we've published we have a relationship with 
and we want to continue that relationship and obviously the, the the best one that we've had was ellie who went on to be published by was it I can't remember which way around it is, who is in the States and who is in... Virago in the UK and Simon and & Schuster in the US. Right. So she went on to be published by the big leaks. So that was... Those are the ones huge. when you Google them, you get the right results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I tried it. There was just a guy called Simon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a person who sells shoes. shoes. Will Schuster, <laughs> the teacher from Glee. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, that is a good example of essentially what our purposes as well what what our goal is is that we don't want to be the big leagues we don't have ambitions of being like bigger than we are to a certain extent we want to be a facilitator for for people making comics and like helping them take that first step or that big step onwards and upwards yeah Um, i think natasha is a perfect example of what we've been able to do with her in that she has self-printed a bunch of her fml comic zines in stages as and when she's done them but it's something she didn't really feel like she'd be able to do by herself is to publish them as a collected edition and it's also given us the opportunity to share some of our editorial insight with her and just make it the best thing it can be and make it more cohesive and giving her like three more opinions of people who published books and have read a whole lot more and and that has been perfect because she's getting her book out there in the way that she really wants to do it that she might not have been able to do it her own so that is the perfect thing of what exactly we're trying to do with any of our publishees but with the kickstarter especially is just to get give those people the platform to get their voices heard and get a bit more of an audience and be part of a community that they can then go on in future and go on to bigger and better and greater things because they're good yeah and i think the community thing is actually very important and central to something like a kickstarter as well because if you look back at how kickstarter started or the first ever instance i heard of crowdfunding was of musicians doing it and of the idea of fans giving them money so that they could bypass the record labels and all that stuff and just pay the creators directly and this was 2006 or something i first heard about it and that it was actually more about the idea of having that direct connection as a fan with the thing and feeling like part of a community. And I think it actually is a way that we can have that in the digital space now. It it can't replace the the community feel you get from conventions and from meeting people and from all of the other stuff that happens. But I think it's actually, it goes a long way. Yeah, I think it's true. With with all all the books that I've backed on Kickstarter over the years, then yeah, it's that kind of nice feeling of, not only do you get a nice item at the end of it, that also you're kind of actually actively involved in the creation process, even from just a pure financial point of view, that you, you you kind of feel like you're helping the the creators do the thing that on the terms that they want to do it. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of the books that are in the Kickstarter, do you want to tell me a little bit about the the ones you've got coming up? Yeah, so we kind of all manage the books separately a little bit actually. So Lent LDN was first. So Sam, do you want to talk about? Yeah, that? yeah. So um, LDN or London? I'm not really sure how we're pronouncing it. I really need to talk to Ramsey. <laughs> um, In my head, it's LDN. It's this kind of incredible collection of stories and, and the, the premise is stories set in the different areas of London, North, East, South, West, and then the city of London. And it just, he's, he's just really committed to, to making stories about different people and their, and their ways of life and their, and their communities. And I think that's a lot, a lot about what the book is about, is about the different types of communities you find in, di- in different areas of London and and they're all just like very human stories and some of them are longer and some of them are, there's a few kind of shorter ones but they're all kind of have this common theme of of exploring humanity and and the people who live in places and in that specific time in their lives and what's really interesting is about about is that there's a a bunch of different artists on it as well so he's had a bunch of different artists drawing it he's had different colorists coloring the work he drew some of it himself he's got a great cover by abs bailey um which i absolutely love um and she kind of drew all of the characters from from each of the each of the stories like i said it's been been a kind of a work in progress for a long time and he's put a lot of time and effort into into the book and it's his having read his previous work this is his him really taking a step up and like really committing to the bit committing to the the concept of the book mm. um i just think it's a really really cool really exciting colorful beautiful to look at 
book and I want as many people as possible to read it. I was going to say that it's colourful, actually. And I mean, that not just in terms of that, it's it's visually really bright and beautiful and really well put together in terms of the, the colourists who worked on it. But the, it's, it, the stories are colourful as well. You know, some of them are quite deep and some of them are a bit more lighthearted, but it, it's all very, very funny as well. But the, the social consciousness of it is something that I feel I can really get behind as well. And I'm really proud to be putting it out. That It's, it's going to make you chuckle, but it's going to make you think as well. Um, yeah, so like Rosie said, we kind of each worked quite closely on the separate books. So that was that was kind of the one that I've been been most involved in. Rosie, you've looked after two because as you can tell, she's the harder working one. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know what we said earlier about Rosie being the one who do, like does work? Yeah, that's what <laughs> two and we've got one each. I've got the short I've got a much shorter one than Sam as well. So <laughs> Nah, Emery's is amazing though Paddy do you want to talk about yeah. Emery's book yeah I suppose I could it's called Fishes Make Them Back and it's by Emre Altindak so he's Turkish and he just got in touch with us completely out of the blue to submit it and what he actually submitted was a much longer book that it's part of and we looked at it and thought wow this like I opened I opened it up and just thought wow this is incredible amazing poetic artwork this is some of the most beautiful line work I've ever seen and I want to publish this it was a silent comic and it's it was this amazing silent book and we all I think took quite a long time we took quite a while to get back to him because we all wanted to sort of look over it and digest it almost because there's there's so much to it and it's so deep but because it's silent, you feel like you really need to, you're, you almost feel like you need to do more justice to it by looking at it longer than if there were words to provide you with that kind of narrative. Because yeah, it, it just feels so deep and intricate. And we were all really, really impressed by it. Um, but we had quite a lot of editorial input. He was really, really brilliant to work with. And we sort of said, well, we really like the first chapter of it. And maybe that could just be a good comic on its own we're doing this kickstarter would you like to be involved and he's been yeah he's been really up for it and really involved in everything and i'm i'm really proud that we're putting out a silent comic as part of this because i think silent comics is something that it's not necessarily like a, a popular subgenre or anything it might be perceived as more difficult work compared to some of the other stuff that we're putting out in the Kickstarter and that we've put out in the past. I don't think we've we've done a silent comic before, with the possible exception of Crushing. I guess that, is that a distribution thing. Yeah, uh, no, that was one we published, wasn't it? But yeah, that it was, was. Yeah, it's a good scenes. Um, yes, um, Crushing by Kristen Haas Curtis, which is amazing as well. But um, yeah, I, I just I I really really love it, and I feel like it's really poetic, and I want other people to see that too, and I want people to read it and just sort of let it wash over them. It's essentially about um, a man and a and a boy looking for fish and going for journeys through the woods and stuff, and you, it doesn't necessarily really need to be about more than that for it just to be a, a lovely, beautiful book. And I really really love comics that are just that are just beautiful, you know. And I, I feel very yeah very passionate about this one actually, and it's been a real a real joy to work on. And we're going to print it on some nice off-white paper because we've been going back and forth with him about it originally had a kind of like digital background that made it look a bit like um, The Arrival by Sean Tan, which he said was an influence. And um, we're going to try and print it on some nice off-white paper to make it different, which is a thing that we haven't done that much of, but which I feel really excited about as well. So and, and a real new area for us. It's also going to be a slightly larger format than, than usual, uh, as is the, the thing that we all fall into at this kind of level of comics is that it's very easy to to print an A5 comic. <laughs> um, and I, yeah. I, I think it's beautiful in its own way, but I also have really pushed for the last couple of years for us to try and make things that are different sizes. <laughs> um, but one of the things with this is that we really wanted to print it in a larger format because I think the artwork deserves it. The other thing I was going to say is that I know that Emma comes from a kind of academic background he is also a painter but it's a very the the fact that it's a silent comic is a, a very specific choice on his part and it's it is actually part of his wider kind of um studies and and i think possibly related to his thesis that a thesis he's writing um yeah but it's a very, very well considered thing, as well as being beautiful and very intricate. Um, it also has some real nice dashes of kind of surrealism and abstract abstracting of the artwork, which I think makes it really, really special. But yeah, I think I think the fact that there's a lot of thought that's gone into it, and I think we will be including some kind of some information at the start of it with his kind of 
theorizing about the idea of silent comics as well. Yeah, his paintings are beautiful as well. Should check yeah. those yeah. out. He's yeah. a really, really beautiful painter and artist. Like his stuff is amazing. And coming from it, I think from coming from a paint and fine art background has just given him a completely different way of looking at comics. And it's really interesting. Really, really interesting. So yeah, it's kind of like the hidden gem, I think, because he's not very known, especially as we're a he's predominantly UK publisher. His book is possibly one that people aren't going to pick up unless it's part of the bundle, mm. but they should yeah. because it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And the Kickstarter as well is a great way to bundle it in with those other things so that it does get seen because putting now on its own would be a challenge. Still one I, I would want to do because it's an amazing book, but yeah, having it as part of the Kickstarter is really, really helpful in that regard. Yeah. And putting out books that are difficult and may not be to everyone's taste is, is kind of on brand for us anyway, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I bought pretty much everything you guys have released. I mean, I'm sure there's there's a few gaps in my in the, in the good comics collection, but uh, this entire bookcase behind me is all good comics. This is uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely a few things. Definitely a few Excellent. things on there that are from you guys, and they've got that shelf over there. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that in, in terms of the work you've released in the past, some of it does I think kind of lean lean more, more in that direction. But I think uh, obviously very in line with your name. Everything's been really good that I've purchased from yeah. you guys so far. So. <laughs> Yes. I, I think that that is one thing that we try and do. So when we when we put together guidelines for our submissions earlier in the year, we kind of found it difficult to explain what it is that we want to see from people, what type of work we're interested in seeing. Because I think there's there's maybe there's a there's a good comics brand in there somewhere, but I think we just know it when we see it. And it's not so, you can't go, oh, well, his artwork's kind of like that person. So, oh yeah, that, that'll fit in with good comics. Like we just kind of know when we see it. And sometimes it's more about theme than artwork or the type of book it is. Or, and, and so it's very open what we're looking for from people, what kind of work we want to produce. But like, like I said, we kind of always know when we see it. And with Emery's book, especially, I think it was one that, that we all kind of connected to and and just saw that it was something that we were all interested in and we all were excited about it has what i like to call the special goodness which is yes. the thing that all of our books have it's like the mcdonald's special sauce that they put in the in the bag <laughs> okay. but for comics and incidentally that was also the name of a side project band from weezer fronted by their drummer pat wilson <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure if Paddy's joking. That one, that one is true. <laughs> Special goodness. Look it up. They made some quite interesting albums. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. It's, it's but yeah, I mean, the important thing to say as well is that because of the way that we are set up and that we do all have day jobs and we're not trying to make a huge profit, we try to make money so that we can put it back into comics and keep doing this. But it does allow us to publish the things that we want to publish. And sometimes they are challenging bit challenging and difficult and we don't necessarily have that commercial impetus that I think other people in our position would do because for us it is more about the community aspect and it's it's an important thing to know obviously that when like when we reject people because we do get people submit stuff to us that we don't want to publish um we always say you know a lot of this does come down to our personal taste mm. you know you're someone out there who publishes comics is going to love your work probably um you just haven't found them yet and it's not us because it's not necessarily what we like and that doesn't mean that your work isn't good you know we're not here to gatekeep you know? and part of it is that we do acknowledge that there's a bit of our personal taste in that right yeah absolutely i mean yeah as paddy's already said we do, we we make zero money that isn't pumped back into good comics and we all have day jobs and we have kids if it looks yeah. right then we drop what we're doing and <laughs> and then we love it you know but sometimes there's the, the downside that not everything gets through but we have to love it to to want to spend all night after shoehorning a child off into bed and having done work all day to then go and sit and edit a PDF for hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to go back onto the rest of the books then quickly. So we've got um, FML Comics Collected by Natasha Natarajan, which I spoke a little bit about, about my relationship with working with her earlier. And that's a really excellent collection. So she approached us to collect up all of her comics together that she'd previously done a kind of quick self-publishing job on. And they're so honest, like really funny, like really funny. 
but also quite moving at the same time. So her experience in spelling four years of her collected autobiographical one-page comics that she's collected up, it was really an honour to work with her to edit it down because there was so much there to use, but it didn't really work as a cohesive book. So to edit it down into something that really told her story from from 2016 when she started writing about what was going on and the embarrassing moments in our life and all this stuff to some of the really more heartfelt moments that came later on. It was such a rewarding book to work on and it is so good. I'm really excited to see it in print. So that's been an honour to work on with I feel, I feel like her, her book especially, it is worth saying firstly that we, we tend to not look at collecting up stuff like that. It's not something that we generally would be would be that into but I think reading Natasha's work and and especially reading it in sequence she's so kind of open and raw about her feelings and her experience and because it's written over this period you really feel like you're watching someone grow and and change and develop as a person and I think it's very easy to get stuck in the idea that we are the people that we are and we are very, you know, we've reached adulthood and therefore we are the people that we are going to be for the rest of our lives. I think it's very easy to get into that mindset of being like, I'm the person who likes this thing, this thing and this thing and this is how I feel about stuff. And I felt reading Tasha's book that I was reminded of how much I have changed and how much people change and how much... um, development that we all kind of go through in our lives even as adults yeah and I think it's it it, because she's so honest because she's so open you get to kind of go along for the ride with her and you get to kind of see her change and you know find happiness in her life at various stages and struggle with things and find out how to be the person that she wants to be and the person that makes her uh, happy I think I having reread it recently I found it really affecting to kind of have to read someone's about someone's life like that and it is laugh out loud funny as well (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah, I'm going through it and I'm just laughing at every page yeah there's some that's the thing is I think it's got this like some some really really funny hilarious stuff in it and I think that's when when there's something serious in there, it's like it feels like a gut punch. It feels like a real like yeah, it has that so weight well. and that emotional weight because you're yeah you're so invested in this person. You're like you're feeling the highs of them and feeling the lows with them too. I think yeah, that's the the, the best feeling. I, I I mean that's the feeling that I I I, I, I definitely have tried to strive for in the past. Of yeah, like, I feel like when you when you do, you do like get it in the, the pit of your stomach of the you actually like you feel the weight of what you're reading about. Then um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, obviously absolutely. a horrible feeling, but at the same time, it's the thing of yeah, <laughs> how affecting it is. It's, it's such a such a kind of amazing experience to to read someone else's experiences and feel it yourself. Yeah, yeah. sounds great. Yeah, it's so good. And then um, last but absolutely not least is Nikki Bonyardos's new book, Return. So we've had a bit of a relationship with Nikki for a while now. She was um, in the Ladies Do Comics Prize. She won with Shivers a couple of years ago, and then. She also did Grandmother's Tales with Maria Fowler and Sophia Lou. And we distro that on our website. Just a nice little landscape A5 scene. And we've always absolutely loved her artwork. Like her stories are just flawless. And she's just her, the way she uses a pen is just beautiful. So we approached her to make something. She's She had recently, or at least in the last year or so, moved back to Australia and she's writing about her experiences trying to settle back in and how she kind of connected that to the nature of where she's living now. And we basically just gave her free reign because we love her work so much. We were like, we want you to be a part of this. If you want to be, do what you want. And she is. And it's amazing. Her stuff is always so beautiful, mm. um, which is why it's funny because we don't have that much of a blurb for her book. <laughs> we don't have a cover, but we know it's going to be amazing because her stuff always is. Yeah, so that's really exciting as yeah. well. And every time she sends us through new pages, we just sit there going, oh, this is why we do this. This is yeah. why we're all sleep deprived, just because this stuff that comes in is so beautiful. I I will say it now, but I would put Nikki in my like top three favorite cartoonists and that's not just talking about small breast people like anyone full stop absolutely top three like one of 
I think she's just has an amazing style, has this amazing approach to making making comics and talking about personal things and using kind of surreal and odd kind of characters and situations to explain things. I think she does something that I, I don't know that anyone else does in, in comics. Yeah, and that's the kind of people we want to publish because I, I look at her work and I think this should be massive. Everyone who likes comics should be reading this because it's so beautiful and so moving and so unique as well. And yeah, I feel really strongly about that one, about all of these books. But yeah, she, her work is amazing. We're like proud parents. Yeah. Sitting yeah. here gushing for hours. They're about just such creators. beautiful children. <laughs> they are so talented. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen, I've seen a few little snippets from things she's working on at the minute that I don't think she's necessarily shown to the world, but I assume she's shown to everyone on this podcast. So um, um, <laughs> we have seen some yeah, stuff. Yeah. They look, I, I can't wait for that one particularly. I think I'm very excited about all of them. I mean, yeah, I, I back the Kickstarter. I, I officially put my stamp of approval on there. I, I, yes, I, 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 you are you. good, Joe. Thank um, you. A good supporter <laughs> for good comments. To be fair, I think yeah. Joe just did it to troll us. Or troll me specifically because, <laughs> because he's back to have a have a baseball card drawn. I mean, and he, uh, he knows the pain all the time. So I thought it'd be easy for you. Just, you know, <laughs> you know it's the pain and suffering that I feel having to draw anything. Yeah, we put it we put it for six of those, so we decided to split it half and half. But I think I might just take my name off there and just leave all six to Sam because he's been dealing so well with the Kickstarter. To be fair, it will be the penance for having had to live with me whilst we were doing the Kickstarter. Like I I have been insufferable. <laughs> yeah. Or it'll be a surprise your thing is actually getting done by Paddy who draws like a chicken scratching in the dirt. I'll take it. <laughs> I'd be better happy with that. So how is the how is the feeling of how the Kickstarter is going so far? Not in terms of necessarily the financial thing, especially because we're recording this like a week before it goes live. So but just in terms of the yeah, the the kind of the what's the experience like for you guys? Um I think stressful is probably the the, the main one. I don't know if everyone else agrees with that, but um, I have lost sleep. But no, I I think it's, um, we joked about it a bit beforehand about how stressful it would be. And I think we thought about it in a funny way, but it is actually just, just, the thing is that like these guys have already said, we do this on top of everything else we do in our lives. And we do this stuff because we really fucking give a shit. Like, no one spends this much time doing stuff for other people unless you really fucking love this stuff and you want to see it in the world. And so because of that, it's just really stressful <laughs> because <laughs> I want so badly for it to you know be fully funded, but I want so badly for these books to be in the world because I think that they add something to this scene. I think they add something to what comics does and each of them individually does something different. But these, these four books are vital in my opinion. I think they are things that, that really should be in the world and they're the work of people who do amazing work. But because of that, it's just, yeah, it's just, you really want it to happen. And, and it's, and it's a tough, tough time to do one as well. Like I, like a lot of people are funding books on Kickstarter at the moment. A lot of people are turning to that way of producing stuff because it's kind of the only option for a lot of people. So, you know, it's kind of a tough market to, to be in. And, you know, we don't necessarily publish stuff that's the most mainstream, even when it comes to independent books. You know, there's, there's tons of of really, really cool, interesting, like sci-fi books. And there's some amazing stuff out there that I've, I've backed, but it's much more mainstream than what we produce. Yeah. So yeah, stress, stress is the answer. We don't do shooty fighty. No shooty fighty. Yeah. That's genuinely in our submission guidelines. <laughs> no shooty fighty. That's good to bear in mind. Yeah. yeah. But yes, I agree. It's very, it's very stressful and it gives you a thing to check obsessively on your phone, which is a thing that nobody should be doing, but it's, it's a thing that you can do. But yeah, when you do actually see that people are getting behind it, then that is actually a really, really good feeling. Yeah. And it's amazing to see that people are getting behind it. I and mean, obviously, yeah, we, we didn't, 
didn't ask about financials, but as we record this, we're a third of the way there. So that actually feels like a really, really good milestone. And is timing wise is good because we're about a third of the way through where the campaign is. So we still have a way to go. And that's kind of a, is a huge, huge worry. And it is stressful, but it does feel really, really good. And like that, if we pull this off, it's going to be amazing. So mm. that's like a good, a good feeling overall, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I haven't been very stressed at all. Um, all of it is just in Sam. Yeah, well, it's because we live in the same house, so it's like I we've just reverted all of that's gone to me. Rosie, we're moving house soon as well, so Rosie's dealing with all the stress to do with moving house, and I'm dealing with all the stress to do with the gig stuff. That seems like a fair balance, yeah, 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 it's pretty good. It's yeah, and it's also the stress is causing me to go around and start packing all of our stuff as a way of distracting myself, yeah, it's win win, really. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I've done two Kickstarters before, but they were for my own book, so it was slightly different. I think with this, because it's 30 days, I haven't felt the same worry that I think Sam especially, I can't really speak for Paddy because I, I don't really want to ask another person how they're feeling about the Kickstarter because I know how much Sam is stressing. Yeah. So. And my answer is, <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely having a normal one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Joe, really, I can't believe you asked that question. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel bad now. I feel like I shouldn't yeah. pull that up. <laughs> you better edit yeah. this out. I sound like fine. an absolute... <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is tough. I think, yeah, I think if, if we weren't in the position where Sam and I were living together, then it would probably be quite different. But I don't need to check it because Sam's checking it all the time. <laughs> so he tells me anyway, there's no point me looking at it and overanalyzing it. And it's 30 days. It's a, it's a long time. People will be watching it from a distance to see how it does before backing. People will back it if they think it's not going to make it. And ultimately, yeah, we are doing everything that we can. So... If it doesn't get funded, we can't we can't do it. Ultimately, that that is that. So we've just got to hope that people believe in it enough, and we put a lot of time into it to show how much we believe in it. Mm. You know, everything's very clear from exactly where all the costs go. We yeah. don't get a profit from it, and by doing this Kickstarter, we're enabling creative payments upfront, which is something we've never been able to do before. But we really want to make it our new normal. So. If we hit target, then all the creators will get a set payment and then they'll still get a split of the royalties afterwards. And then if we surpass our total and go beyond, then they'll get a higher payment. And it's just something that we we really want to we really want to promote as this is the way that we feel that it should be done. So I feel like everyone knows how I feel. So they're just going to do it in their own time. I think um, I think that's an important thing to to bring up, and maybe maybe this is a good forum to discuss it. But like we we have tried to be very transparent up until this point with what we do and how how we do it. Like we've never been in a position to pay people up front for books, and unfortunately, that is maybe all too normal in in this as a as a kind of area of business and and we are tiny and and it's kind of slightly different but our goal has never been to to grow hugely and you know become a bigger publisher but our goal is to get to a point where we're able to pay people up front for the work that they do and kind of try and start to revert that and 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 make sure that that that's the way that the industry works even at our level which is you know kind of the bottom of the bottom of the pile but that that's a part of why we're why we're doing it through kickstarter as well we are we've set ourselves a goal which is based on the idea that people will get something up front and we want that to be the future of good comics is to to be able to say here is some money for you to make your book yeah the leveling up part is very important i think yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) I mean, I think I think it's a it's, it's like a really good conversation to have. Actually, I think that yeah, money and the financial side of making comics is something that isn't discussed enough. It's not not in like an open forum enough. I think that yeah, it's something that definitely people who are kind of just getting into making comics, like like we were saying at the start, going to conventions, going up to Leeds and staying in a hotel and the train fare and the table fare and having to pay for the printing of the comics. Like making comics isn't a particularly cheap activity to do, whether it's a job or a hobby or however you're kind of approaching it. So I think it's it's yeah, it's really good and important stuff to discuss. 
trust the the fact that you want to put money in the hands of the people who make them is obviously a wonderful thing i i again i i fully support it literally (laughs) (laughs) you Um, could not support it more fully joe i think when you i know you had a couple of shows lined up you were doing a slightly smaller or due to do something slightly smaller this year right and i know that one of the things you you were talking about around that was about how much people were paying for for tables and if it were you know if it was a financial strain for someone to do that you would kind of you could do that as a community and kind of cover the cost as a community and i think i think that's the sort of actions that are smaller and paying people up front for instance but are just as important like Mm. making sure that the barrier for entry is as low as possible you know and this comes down to like quality of work as well you know someone may not be the best artist in the world but if they're making comics and they have the access to the to the minimum to make comics and you know develop as an artist by having access to pens and paper and staplers and you know photocopier or, or whatever that just makes comics more accessible it just makes it able to get into the hands of more people. I think with comics especially, there's this kind of crossover, which you don't get in a lot of other industries, which is that there's a lot of people that buy comics that make comics. Yeah. And I think my view has changed on this because I always felt like that was a bit of an issue because, you know, you go to shows and maybe the only books that you sell are to some people who are also exhibiting and you end up all buying each other's books which which does happen it's happened to us multiple times like we've we've only sold things to people who are also you know also there but i think my thinking's come around on it a little bit because it's so unique to comics it's so unique to comics for people to to be the people making the stuff and consuming it and i think that's really interesting i think the more people you can encourage to kind of be involved in comics in any way the better absolutely yeah i mean like i'm saying with the comic fair part last year and the ones that i was planning on putting on this year then it was so, so the, one, the one last year i actually i mean i lost quite a lot of money on it because then i didn't charge anyone for tables uh, and i kind of went in all, all, all bold with the expectation that i was going to get arts council funding i was like yeah of course i'll just i'll apply for arts council funding of course they'll give it to me i want to put out a comic fair who wouldn't want to support that but then they just said that that sounds like you just want to get a room to, to make loads of money off selling things to people i was like oh yeah when you put it like that it does sound <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, you can only get arts funding for a comic fair if it takes over a whole town. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that it's a, uh, it's definitely a thing that I think it was, it was probably more to do with my application for it, to be honest, and the way that I maybe worded it and talked about it. But I, I, last year, especially, it was, it was obviously I'd never done anything like that before, so it was all a bit of an experiment, and I, I didn't want to make people give me money to kind of just so I could do this experiment to see whether or not I could run a comic fair. And, and for me, like comics is never really been about making a profit. because I think it's something that is firstly very difficult to do. All the reasons we've mentioned before, like the cost of the tabling at fairs and the, the printing costs for books, even just the amount of time you spend. Because I've got a job and obviously like things like that during the day. So all my comic making is done in the evenings. So yeah, I, I'm, I've never really been in it with the intention of, I'm going to, if I keep working really hard at this, I'll become a millionaire. Uh, if, <laughs> if anyone's got that intention going into making comics then they've probably made a bad choice somewhere along the line they like yeah if you want to get to do something different properly but i've just um i just finished reading the um latest adrian tamine book oh, and get that. there is a part in that that i literally laughed for five whole minutes and rosie looked at me like i was an idiot but um there's a quote in the front of of the book which is a dan Klaus quote with him responding to someone asking what it's like being the most famous cartoonist in the world. And he says, it's like being the most famous badminton player, <laughs> which, which pretty much sums up. It's like, yeah, it, it, you could be the most famous at it. And the majority of people still wouldn't know who you are Absolutely. and you probably still wouldn't be making a career. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, exactly. It's, it's not, it's not something to get rich and famous doing, but I think the benefits of, making comics are the community aspects and the nice people I've got to meet over the years. Also just the, the, the kind of the satisfying feeling of something, even if I'm not necessarily making a profit on it, taking something that I've created and getting it into the hands of someone else. And ideally they'll feel that horrible feeling in the pit of their stomach when they read it. And that's exactly what I'm going yeah. for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just I, the, I, yeah. That feeling alone, it's like that, that satisfaction is worth it. And it's worth an investment of money to me, at least in terms of that's the kind of more the reason I do it to, 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 to be able to express myself in a way that I feel is 
the best way that I can tell the kind of the stories that I want to tell or make the sort of things that I want to make. So. Yeah, I, I maintain that I have made some of the best friends of my adult life because of comics. Like, without comics, I would be a very different person. I wouldn't have a lot of the closest friends that I have. I, I think as a community, it's it's been vital to me. As an outlet, it's been vital to me. Like, I made a whole book about about my kids because I was not spending, not able to spend time with them. And and that was my therapy. That was the way that I dealt with that situation. And so there's so much more to comics than even selling them. There's so much more to comics than yeah. even, you know, sharing them. And, and that's why I, I feel a bit sad when I see the people who are really hustling on the internet with their comics. And I really hope that people get to make a career out of it, but in the time that I've been involved in comics, I've seen so many people drop off from making comics. I've seen so many people disappear because, you know, maybe they got to go and pursue their career in a different, different thing. You know, lots of people, especially in the U S go from making comics to going to things like animation and stuff like that. But I I think there's just this beauty in making and consuming and being part of the comics community, which doesn't have to be about money. Yeah, no. I think like like as as much as we can lower the barrier for entry to people to start making comics as well, I think is such an important thing. And obviously, like money is a big barrier to entry for a lot of people. Yeah. They just they literally can't afford to to be able to do these things. So the less barriers there are, the more people who make comics, the the better the community is in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Okay, cool. I think, I mean, that more or less covers everything we want to talk about. Unless you've got things you want to plug that we missed off? We are bringing out a new reader as well. I realised we didn't mention that. That is part mm-hmm. of our Kickstarter. And I think sort of we're, what, we're one week into our 30 day, just over one week into our Thursday campaign as we're recording this. Um, I think we'll probably have a bit more to share maybe in a week. So halfway through the campaign, we'll be able to start sharing some of that artwork as well. As I said, we've had a couple of bits already in, which is amazing. Yeah. My mum, my has drawn something for yeah. it, which is amazing. I still need to draw something for it. So I think I promised that I would draw something in it. Yeah, <laughs> you are I can get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll make you draw a baseball card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hate drawing. Because <laughs> Paddy and I have developed this like this good relationship where Paddy's decided that he hates drawing, and I decided that I hated writing. So we've kind of just come to the arrangement that if he writes a comic, then I will happily draw it. Makes lots and, of yeah, yeah, I think we actually make a very, a very good team on that. If you go on my Instagram, I saved to my like highlighted stories a comic we did about the Chinese Professional Baseball League, which was a thing that kept us growing in lockdown. And I think that's actually a really good example of us working together and kind of realizing that yeah, I, I would really like to draw, but can't can't draw, so I write instead and make other people do the work. And I would love to be able to write, but I'd rather do literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out very nicely then perfect cool okay yeah so I think that's it. where can people find out more about the kickstarter where can they find out about more about good comics and where can they find you guys on social media and oh, everywhere we have not shut up about it yeah. um so we're on yep. twitter good underscore comics we're on instagram at our comics are good our website is goodcomics.co.uk and I think that is everywhere that we can. Um, please that. note that none of our social things are similar at all. Yeah. Mm. Just yeah. it makes the whole Googling thing even harder. Just makes it fun. Makes yeah. it fun. You find us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if but you go to go... Twitter and it's on there because we're tweeting endlessly about it. And don't follow me because I have bad takes. <laughs> many, many bad takes. <laughs> And yeah, if you go to Kickstarter and search good comics, you'll find us pretty easily. I think that's probably the easiest way to go. Don't look at any of the other stuff on there. Only look at ours and back, 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 back it. Yes. Yeah. And just remember, if you're not sure, just remember that Sam and I are moving home on the day the Kickstarter ends. So you're really setting up how how we're going to be feeling and we want to be in this place long term so it's going to kind of like set the vibe for the a good portion of the rest of our lives everyone should definitely bear that in mind yeah no pressure or anything and it's also it's my son's first day at nursery that day as well so or second day maybe what a week that's also yeah i'm also going to associate it with that so 
if you don't back it you're gonna ruin our lives <laughs> dear listeners don't fuck it up <laughs> and it's ultimately not for us so even if you listen to this and think that we're massive tossers then it's not for us really it's for it's for our little dear children Ramsey Natasha yep. little Emre <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that they'll be safely I'm sorry yeah. I'm really tired <laughs> yeah it's gotten to that time um, but yeah thank you so much for having us Joe it's well, really nice to talk yeah. Yeah. it's always nice to have a chat with you always yeah absolutely yeah. we were so looking it's forward a genuine to pleasure thanks to Sam, Rosie and Paddy for joining me If you like this episode, then please do give us a nice rating or subscribe. It really does help us out. And you can also help us out by buying our recently released anthology books, Success and Failure, from whipcomics.co.uk. They're packed full of great comics by incredibly talented people, and all of the money we make goes back into the group to help improve it for everyone. If you're interested in making comics yourself, you could always come along to one of our meetups, which are all currently online and anyone is welcome to join in, no matter where you are in the world. Just head to meetup.com slash whipcomics for all the info you need about them. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at whip underscore comics. And if you like, you can follow me at joe underscore stone on Twitter and just joe stone on Instagram. Get in touch with any comments, questions or suggestions. And thank you for listening. That is a very controversial opinion.